Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Today is episode 35 with Michael Asifo. Michael is a professional fighter, MMA fighter. He is a former podcast guest. I say former, they're currently on a hiatus. We talk about that in the podcast. Uh, He has been doing martial arts for many, many years, and he actually has a truly incredible story. Uh, It stems from bullying, and we talk a little bit about that, as well as we talk about some charitable, um, I guess, uh, things that he does that I'd love to help him in any way. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. I enjoyed recording this one. See you guys in the next one. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be joined with Michael Asifo. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Let's first get started with um, who you are and what do you do? Uh, yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Michael Asifo. I am a MMA fighter, uh, Muay Thai practitioner, um, part-time basketball player and full-time uh, anime fan and history. Uh, well, I guess I would say history enthusiast. So, yeah. Awesome. And you just made the jump to pro, correct? Yeah, correct. Awesome. I've got a bunch of questions for you regarding that. But before we get into that, I do this exercise. I've been recently doing this exercise with my guests. It's called This or That. You're just going to pick you mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kick it off nice and simple. Coffee or tea? Uh, I'm a tea guy. Tea. All right. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Actually, it depends. It, it depends. Are we, are we talking about glizzies or are we talking about hamburgers? Whatever. You can only pick one. <laughs> yeah, let's go ketchup. I think ketchup's more versatile. Ketchup. All right. Hot dog or hamburger? Uh, Hamburger. Hamburger. All right. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Man, I haven't found anybody on my pasta train yet, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, uh, audiobook or podcast? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think I think there are more better podcasts than audiobooks, but I think nothing beats a good audiobook. So I'm going to go with audiobook. Okay. All right. Morning or night? Night. Night. Night, eh? Let's go this. Kick or punch? Kick. Kick. (laughs) I thought that was coming, but you know what? I had to ask. And uh, last one. Run, bike, or swim? Uh, You know, I'm a runner. I like running. I'm going to go with running. All right. All right, so let's let's take it back here, right? You've been doing how long have you been doing martial arts for? Uh, so I think my first ever foray into martial arts was when I was a kid. I did some taekwondo. Um, like I was like I think eleven or twelve at the time, and I did some taekwondo. And then from then, I didn't do martial arts for a while. Actually, like my parents were pretty turned off from it, so I didn't do anything. But I was still like pretty athletic i still did like a lot of like you know conventional sports until i graduate university and then um i started practicing muay thai uh from there now why were they turned off from it uh you know i was getting into a lot of trouble at school and i think they um i think at first they let me go into taekwondo because they would assume um, it would take, uh, it would kind of teach me discipline, and it did. But I don't think they really understood, um, you know, the the reason, the systemic reasons as to why, you know, a kid like myself would get into trouble. Um, so when like um, I was out of Taekwondo because you know it was expensive and it was just hard to keep up, I just kept still getting into trouble. Um, and and so they were kind of like, this didn't work. It costs a whole lot of money. And now you're beating kids up even worse. <laughs> so like, no, <laughs> you know, they, no more, no more martial arts, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's funny. It, was it at an actual academy or was it run out of like a YMCA? Oh no, it was it was an actual academy. Um it's actually yeah, it's a pretty at the time it was a pretty well known school. Um ITF focused. Uh so for anyone who doesn't know, there's uh two different um Taekwondo associations. Excuse me for a second here. Sorry, got a little backed up there. But um yeah, there's a WT well it's now called um WTA, but before it was WTF for World Taekwondo Federation and ITF for International Taekwondo Federation. And I practiced the ITF um Taekwondo version. And uh, in my opinion, I think it was just better for combat. So yeah, that's what I was practicing. Um uh, but that was uh, so I practiced under a school that was practicing that. Okay, where'd you, I don't know much about your your upbringing here. Where'd you grow up? So I I grew up um, in uh, Toronto, and then I moved to uh, Vaughan, which is just an area just above Toronto, um, in uh, the York region. So like once you pass for anyone who knows Steeles Avenue, yeah. you you cross the border from Toronto. To York Region, and I lived like right on the Steeles Avenue. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, how did you eventually find your way back to martial arts? What What was it that brought you back into it? Oh, okay. So originally, I was actually going to be a uh, journalist. Um, well, not originally. Like I was gonna, like it was like already planned in stone. But I was trying to kind of do the, uh, you know, pay my dues, start low level and, and work my way up in the radio broadcasting world. Um, and I want to do sports journalism. Um, I was a big fan of uh, Sportsnet, a lot of those Sportsnet personalities and a lot of those TSM personalities growing up. So we're talking Cavi, uh, Tim and Sid, so Sid Sixero and Tim McAuliffe, um, you know, uh, guys like Jeff Merrick, Steve Coolius, Mo Ronaldo, um, even Robin Black, you know, um, I, I, I watched his documentary and then I, uh, from his documentary on, I think MTV to like his, what he, the, um, martial arts breakdowns and, uh, doing some commentary for MMA. So I was, I was watching a lot of that and I want to be one of those guys. Uh, so I, you know, I, I went to school, um, and was going to, you know, kind of do that thing. But I had to start in music radio because that was the first opportunity I got in North Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in school, there was something called a martial arts club. And it was more of a martial arts enthusiasm enthusiasm club than it was a formal, like, training center, um, which, you know, I've had the pleasure of actually kind of working with them and tr- transforming what that club is um, or was. Um you know, kind of being an alumni. But at the time when I was there, it was more of like, you go in there, you talk about martial arts, you talk about whatever, you do a couple rounds of sparring, you go home, right? Um, And I was just showing like Taekwondo, they would show me some boxing, they'd show me some stuff and I'd go home. Um, But And I kind of like missed that idea of like that community, that sense of belonging, kind of... um, looking for a job in radio and, and finding one in North Bay and like, not really, you know, cause North Bay was, I think three hours or three and a half hours away from like my family and friends. Yeah. I kind of wanted to find a community. Um, so, um, you know, one day I'm driving and I see action MMA, um, on like a sign and like a building. And I walked in there, um, you know, kind of looking to, you know, pay some dues and then, and like just train and like, you know, just join the community. Like I wasn't really looking to fight, just wanted to like, you know, join a community. And then, yeah, that's kind of how I got started into, uh, got back into uh, practicing a martial art again. Wow. So you didn't do any martial arts until I think you said you stopped at 12 until after, um, I guess, after college. Yeah, I was like 23, 24 when I, when I got back in there. Wow. Now, what skills transferred over? Um, well, Taekwondo is about kicking, right? So, like, the idea of, like, be, being able to kick and kick hard uh, transferred over. Um, but distance management, I found, was, like, the main thing. Like, the idea of, like, the perception of, like, how far someone is away from you 
um, and how far you are away from them to be able to inflict pain on them um, kind of transferred over. Yeah, I mean, you, you can spend a lifetime and still not perfect that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it, I'm even still having trouble with it, too. Like, you know, um, and, and the idea of, like, where guys can and can't do things. But, you know, it, it, it definitely, I definitely have a better understanding of it than most. Mm. Okay, and so you stumble into this action MMA gym, right? <laughs> where does your story move on from here? Um, yeah, so I think, um, I was training there for about two, three weeks. Um, originally I could only train Fridays because I was so busy, um, working that it was tough for me to go in there on the, um, on the, on the weekdays. And the thing about the Fridays is Fridays are typically, um, the open mat sparring days. Uh, so I was even like not able to really get a lot of like technical classing in, if not technical class in, if not for like, you know, Corey kind of, um, Corey Jackson is the, uh, head coach over at Action MMA, um, and owner, um, if not for him, just kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, kind of taking me under his wing a little bit and like, just like holding pads and, and letting me work with him a little bit. Um, so, you know, it was kind of like. 20, 30 minutes of that. And then I would like spar until I guess like everyone was ready to go home. And I guess he saw something in me because I think it was like three weeks. He asked me if I want to do an exhibition in Sudbury. And, you know, I thought about it like for about like three seconds. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll do, I'll do an exhibition. Like, um, like I've done like Taekwondo tournaments before and like competed in that. So why not, you know, co- compete in, in, like an exhibition Muay Thai match, you know, and I went home and I looked it up and then I, 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 I got a little skittish about what it was. Cause it definitely was not a Taekwondo competition style sparring match, but <clears throat> excuse me there, but you know, it, it, it was, it was a new chapter. And I, uh, I asked my like boss, Hey, can I get like a day off on like a day I would normally be working, um, on air, uh, to do this uh, match. And he thought I was going to go into some blood sport Kumite, but he, he let go. And then, you know, you, you let your family know, Hey, um, well, not my family, family, but like my girlfriend and my friends and everything like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be doing this exhibition match in Sudbury. Um, and, uh, you know, surprisingly they didn't think I was crazy, but <laughs> it was cool. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it all worked out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of funny, the first reaction of people when you say you're going to go and, and, and do a fight, right? Yeah. The the different types of people that and how they react to it. Some people are gung-ho and ready to, ready to you know, be along for the ride, and other people are just confused as to why you would ever want to be punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It, it, it's very true. Um, you know, like, you get a whole different array of... Uh, of um you know of emotions and yeah like and I, I gotta say again like shout out to my um my former boss uh at uh moose fm steph larouche because you know like not very many people would say hey you know go go get punched in the face on like the day that you're supposed to be working uh but he was super cool um and one of my favorite bosses um i ever worked with so i gotta i gotta give him a shout out for that there you go. Shout out, Steph. Do you remember how that exhibition went? Uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun experience. I just remember kind of looking in uh, my opponent's eyes, I guess. Um, and then kind of like the first three seconds, we were sparring. Like, we were kind of like working, like kind of figuring out. And then I looked at him and I was like, I think I could just like maul him here. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of started just kind of throwing caution to the wind. <coughs> Excuse me. And started like throwing my punches, throwing my kicks, like just going after him. Yeah. And I realized I was like, oh my goodness, I can just like I think I'm just better than him here. <laughs> and it just it, it, it got it it, it 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 turned into a bit of a one-sided beatdown. 
to the point where I think Corey at the end of the first round was like, uh, let's let's take it a little easy here. Uh, and and that's what I remember it being. It was it was kind of fun. What was the timeline on this? Um, so this would have been, I believe, late January of I want to say 2018. Wow. And so a year later, a year and a half later, you, you enter nationals, correct? Yeah. So, um, actually, would it be a year and a half later? I think now, or would it be this May? So let's see. Nationals would have been November of that same year for me because, um, no, let's see. Let's see. No. So it would have been actually, no, see, I got the timeline wrong. I went into radio that job at twenty eight in twenty eighteen. I got asked to do the exhibition December, and then January of twenty nineteen. I did the exhibition, and then I did nationals on November of twenty nineteen. So same year. So pretty pretty quickly, you turn a, a major tournament. Yes. And how'd you do? Uh, bronze medal. So that's actually kind of, it was really sad because what happened was, um, I ended up losing my first ever fight fight. Um, I was facing the provincial champion. Let's see. Um, a bit before that. And I I believe in August of that year, I believe it was August 10th or whatever. And it was a rude awakening because my cardio was so bad. Um, I gassed on the third round. And he, he TKO'd me in the third. But we went back and forth. And it was uh, it was a really, it was, you know, um, it was a learning experience. And I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And it was really the first time I, I ever really got, um, like, hit hard, punched hard in the face, you know? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I, I ended up kind of like working through it. And then, you know, coach asked me um, if I want to do nationals. And I, I agreed. And I did all the necessary things to sign up, you know, do the blood work and stuff. And then I go in there and I, I have my first match and I won a hard fought first match. But unfortunately, the thing about nationals is it's a multi day um, tournament where you're fighting three, four times in a weekend. And I hurt my ankle in the first um, first couple of matches. Yeah. So even though I won the first couple of matches, I hurt my ankle, and I wasn't really a hundred percent. So when I went into the semifinals um, against the eventual uh, eventual w- winner of the year, <coughs> excuse me, who I'm still really good friends with, by the way, um, we had like kind of like a back and forth, but we were still feeling each other match. And at the end of the first round, I actually broke my ankle on his leg um, by twisting it on a check that he kicked. Uh, on a check. So I kicked my ankle. He checked it. And it wasn't really the check that hurt me, but I twisted my ankle on the inside of his leg. And, on, and, and I had to pull out. Um, ended up losing my TKO. I tried to go up for the second round. And um, there's this infamous like kind of image of me like crying in the middle of the of the ring, mm. um, which is because it was so it was it was so heartbreaking um, to lose in the way I did. So yeah, and so you got bronze. At at what point in your career, I guess your martial arts career, did you think about trying your hand at MMA? Well, I've always been a fan of MMA. Like, I've always watched it. Um, like, you know, I, I had Spike TV on my cable. And that's when The Ultimate Fighter, I think I was around the age when The Ultimate Fighter was thriving, you know, at this point. Um, you know, like, my favorite season was the uh, season two with Michael. No, no, not season two with Michael Bisping. It would be Rashad Evans and... I believe who's the who's the uh, winner of the first of the middleweights. I can't remember, but <laughs> the point is, is that Michael Evans, Michael um, Rashad Evans, was on that season. That was like my, one of my favorite seasons. And then I believe Michael Bisping was on like the third season. And so, 
was a fan of that. They used to play Pride 2 as well and uh, UFC Unleashed. So <laughs> Quinn Rampage Jackson, yeah. Chuck Liddell, Anderson Silva, Rashad, Michael Bisping, uh, Hendo, um, Boris Griffin, too, uh, Stephen Bonner, you know. I know he's going through it right now, so that's always kind of sad, but he was a hero of mine back in the day as well. Um, you know, guys, even guys like Tito, like, I, I know he's he's um, definitely uh, not a fan favorite now, but back in the day, he was cool. Like, I, I really loved his, like, um, the flame punishment shorts and his, like, digging the grave celebration when he won. Um, so, yeah, like, I was always a fan of MMA, so I've always wanted to try it. And, um, like, even even back when I was in high school, there was a guy who knew, like, catch wrestling and Lucha Libra, um, mm. who was a friend of mine. And, like, he'd invite us over to play video games. And we'd always, like, play around and play wrestle and stuff. And so, like, I kind of had, like, an idea of how, like, jujitsu and the guard worked. Like, I wasn't necessarily – I wouldn't necessarily say I was good at it. But I had, like, an idea of how things worked. Um and like submissions and stuff like that. So I always wanted to try it. And I always felt like I could, I could really do something in it if I was in there. So yeah, that, that, that's why I made the jump. Like I was like, I was always interested. And, and like, what's the time frame? Was this after nationals before it? Um, after, after. So, um, I would say, let's see. Uh, so I would say it was, I had one Muay Thai fight after Nationals in Ottawa, in the February of Ottawa, and I was making the my first ever jump under 180 pounds. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I, I would be considered undersized for 185, but... So we made we made the decision to kind of jump a little lower, not super low, but a little lower to 178. Um, so before I was fighting in 189, I made a jump to fight 178, and I fought against this undefeated uh, Muay Thai uh, and kickboxing guy, um, who was also undefeated in MMA too uh, as well. And so we decided to I decided to to fight him uh, in Ottawa in his hometown. Um, and we came away with the win. Um, and I was super happy about that. I even posted on Instagram. I was like, I put the one in seven and one today. And I was like, ah, yay. And, um, I'm, <coughs> excuse me. I've been copping a lot lately. Sorry about that. But at the time, um, I actually was at another gym helping out with, um, a friend of mine from high school who actually was like an MMA fighter for a while. And they kind of scouted me to uh, help out with like um, training with training. Cause like I was around his same size. Um, and one of those guys had like a MMA promotion uh, called war of gods. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um, they asked uh, me um, and then asked uh, my head coach if I'd like to, go on that card and they gave me a matchup and it was against, um, I I'm still friends with him too. Uh, Goran Cunningham, yeah. who, you know, is also, he was really tough, really tall dude. Um, good dude too, by the way. Um, I think he's fighting too next month or whatever. And, you know, I, I decided to take the fight, um, and, and give that a try. And literally, I think two weeks before the COVID shutdown happened, Mm. Uh, so it was like right after. So in February, I fought Muay Thai, and then March, I was gonna fight him. And in MMA, my MMA debut, um, coming off of a win. Um, now that didn't go my way, but it was a fun experience, and that was why I made that jump. Mm. Okay. And so, what did you do during COVID? Um. Well, COVID, it was it was interesting because like. Honestly, a lot of people, um, you know, I, for, for a lot of systemic reasons, a lot of people, when COVID hit, 
it really, really, really put them um, in a rough spot. And I don't necessarily think, um, you know, my story, um, you know, it is is indicative of like of anything. Um, but COVID for me, I think, was an eye opener in, you know, getting myself together. I think I like I was even telling I was telling people like before I enjoyed like kind of my life before COVID. Um, I, I really did enjoy the things like I was doing, but it wasn't sustainable for long-term and it wasn't going to put food on the table for my family or for my girlfriend. So before COVID, um, I was just kind of like chilling and like not really taking things seriously. And then after COVID and then during COVID, um, you know, I would train even harder um, I was hitting the pads every day with me and my brother, um, who held pads for me. Um, I would run, I would, uh, you know, have a close group of people who we agreed, you know, you would, you would make sure that you're, you're not going out and, and getting crazy and, and risking, you know, um, our families from yep. COVID and we're going to, but we're going to train together as much as we can. Um, we're going to make sure we're tested and then train together um, and we, you know, didn't test, we tested negative every time and, you know, we were, we were prepared. Um, so that when COVID, you know, when the COVID restrictions did, uh, slow down, cause of course, like, you know, it's a, it's a disease. It's not gonna, it's not gonna go away, but when the restrictions did go down that we were ready to go and ready to, to compete. Um, so um, in addition to that, I kind of started, you know, my own kind of little bit of business ventures. I started a podcast. Um, you know, I started a couple of business ventures. I started a couple, uh, you know, I started helping and being involved with a couple like uh, non-profits and, um, you know, things like that. Just getting a little more involved. Um, and it was just more of a, I guess I would say an eye-opening experience, but yeah, when, you know, that's how kind of I treated COVID. Okay, yeah, we'll get into the podcast later. Don't worry, I got that on the, I got that on the agenda for sure. What, what other? Oh yeah, yeah, don't even worry about it. <laughs> what, what other pro- uh, nonprofits did you, did you help out with? I'm curious here. See if you can give some light to them now. Yeah, uh, so I ended up um, teaching uh, kickboxing to the boys and girls club at Albion. Um, you know, for a little while, uh, when obviously when I was able to, um, those were a gr- good group of kids. Um, we were going to, we did that, uh, virtually as well as in person when the shutdown did kind of like subside for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I kind of regularly help out with, uh, battle 416. Um, I was in their celebrity basketball game actually very recently. Um, Sorry, so and you know, like, what is I, that? Uh, Battle 416. So what they are is basically uh, – oh, sorry. Can you hear me still? Yeah, no, can you hear I me still? I, I think – yeah, yeah. It, it went it went black and white for a second. Sorry. Um, but when uh, – yeah, they, they're kind of like a – through basketball, they kind of help out um, when it comes to uh, kids as well. So, you know, yeah, one of the things like I think um, – yeah, so that's that's kind of the couple that I've been helping out with. Um, you know, I've been really trying to look into, um, ways to deal with bullying and like helping out anti-bullying campaigns. Um, you know, I haven't really kind of, what's the word I'm saying? Like a word I'm looking for. I haven't really, um, you know, like joined the board or anything when it comes to that though, because, um, you know, I guess not to get philosophical, but I guess in simplest terms, it's really hard to um when it comes to bullying at least to really kind of help out because you know you can put as much money as you can towards awareness and telling kids hey you know don't bully each other and be kind to each other because you never know what you never know how much kindness can really help in terms of helping a kid's life and i think a lot of kids are receptive to that but there's there's no amount of money that will stop a kid from saying, Hey, I don't like uh, so-and-so because X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah. So it's, so it's really hard 
you know, to really find a way to like, you know, it, it's really hard to find a way, uh, you know, as passionate as I am about bullying, um, to, to find a way to help out children um, who, unfortunately, you know, and, and also like deter kids from it when they might, they, when no matter what, kids will have disagreements and sometimes those disagreements turn way nastier than they should. You know, um, it's just really hard. And so, you know, I definitely have put money towards like, uh, things like kids help phone, um, you know, donate to that. Um, I've helped out with sick kids charity a bunch as well. Um, and, you know, I've definitely seen other anti-bullying campaigns I really want to help out with as well. And also anti, uh, like anti-racism in schools mm. as well. Like I've definitely helped out with that, but it's just really hard to say, Hey, like to, to get some kid and be like, Hey, um, you should stop bullying this kid. And they go, well, at the end of the day, I don't like this kid because they're, you know, yeah. I, I hate to say it, like, come on, say it, but I hate, I don't like this kid because they're black. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or I don't like this kid because they're Asian. And it's hard to kind of stop that. Like it's hard to 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 stop that because no, um, without putting boots to the ground, um, and no amount of money does that, right? So no, exactly, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. It was funny. Somebody was saying that one time, and then I don't know who it was. It might have actually been uh, Bruckman here, and he goes, "You know what stops that? A punch in the face." <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, you know, and, right. It's one of those things. It's the last resort, I think, but it's also a it's a the useful resort, right? I mean, uh, yeah. you get punched in the face once, and you probably won't say it again. Um, yeah, no, it's it's true, right? It's it's just really hard to like. So, like, you know, the I, I you know I will agree with that in that sense of the best way to do that. I think is yeah, one a punch in the face. But I think my other thing would be like give those other kids a sense of community as well. Right. For like sure. a yeah. lot of times what's what's missing is that sense of community that someone can go to um, as an escape from from all of that. And martial arts does that. Martial yeah. arts is is one of those good four ways, four ways of doing that, um, you know, but the problem. But, you know, even that has its own problems, too, because like when you're dealing with authority figures, you know, abuses can happen. And not saying that that's like that's common because it's definitely not. In martial arts but it's it's something to watch out for right so you know like i know that's a huge deviation from like, <laughs> from the question but no yeah. no i mean you're, um, you're exactly right though because you know you think about the mats right and it doesn't matter what martial art you're doing really as far as i know but you know there there is no race right i mean really hmm. gets down there if somebody's if somebody has a choke on your neck, it doesn't matter if they're Asian, black, green, yellow, alien, human, right? They're choking your neck, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At that point, nothing matters except for getting out of that choke and trying to breathe. Yeah. And, no, it's, uh, it's definitely right. That That's when you, you know, exactly what you said. That's when people, especially kids, like you mentioned, they, they find a sense of belonging. Now you guys are friends. And now, you know, even with basketball, right basketball and other sports like that you're not gonna bully the guy who's your you know who's your teammate usually right yeah yeah right like it, it, it it's true right you, you, you know um like it, it's just yeah community is the way that it, it i think commu finding a sense of community finding a sense of belonging for for every for every kid i think is like kind of one of those solutions that I think at the end of the day will help with something that I'm really passionate about. And that's like to end bullying. Um, you know, so yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this now. If there's ever something that comes up and uh, I can help with, man, just shoot me a message. I'd love to do my best to help out. So. Uh, man, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So let's, let's get back to the MMA here. So, so you're dabbling in that with COVID, right? And when do you decide you're ready to make the move to pro. Did somebody tell you that, or did you decide that on your own? What What was your um, arc? Um. Well, it was just the matchups I was getting in amateur MMA. Um, for whatever reason, like I was even saying this, like with uh some of the BTC guys, is like for whatever reason, 
I'm always really like, I, I'm not like, I guess I would say like, I'm a little more, um, aware of like, kind of like what I'm going up against a lot of times. And for whatever reason, the matchups I was getting were very tough matchups. Like, um, you know, I'm, I faced undefeated kickboxer all the time in Muay Thai. Um, I was facing, you know, my first ever matchup was a highly talented kickboxing prospect, a highly talented judo prospect. Then, like, I faced a seven-fight veteran, and then I faced an Olympian. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, I was just getting really tough matchups, and I was like, if I can, if I, if they give me these tough matchups, surely that must mean I'm ready to make that jump into pro, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, surely that must mean something. Um, and you know, I want to get paid too. Like, you know, it's not necessarily that the money's a lot, but you know, there is some, some level of prestige that comes with being a pro MMA fighter. So that's why I made that jump. Okay. And what was your last fight before you went? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I faced the day before my birthday, actually, I faced, um, claim pie. Um, and I got really unlucky with that one too. I ended up losing that fight. Um, but it was, uh, I felt like I was doing my thing and it was back and forth. Um, but then I hit my head on the mat and I actually knocked myself out on a takedown. So that was unfortunate. But, um, you know, he, he did his thing and he, he got the takedown, right? So, you know, it's on, the onus is on me on keeping my neck tucked in and making sure uh, I break fall properly. Mm. That's, yeah, that's just so interesting. You don't, I didn't know it was a loss, but, um, you don't you don't hear lots of people decide to make the jump after a loss. Yeah, like I I, I thought it, you know I just kind of um like I I just kind of thought like hey you know like if if I, I knew about Clay and Pie a lot of people were really excited about Clay and Pie too like I was getting messages like are you sure you want to take this matchup and they would explain to me as to why it was a tough matchup. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say to myself, like, you know, like I'm 90% sure I can beat him. And like, sure enough, like in the early goings, like I was hitting him at will, stopping his takedowns. And then like, I just, for what, like, this isn't, and that's the thing. I don't want to take anything away from him. Yeah. Like, cause at the end of the day, he did hit me back. He got me up against the cage. He, he did take me down and like it was it was a very good takedown and he he picked me up and slammed me right yeah. um but you know a, a slam a hitting your back of your head on a slab is not necessarily indicative of like you know your your technical skills um and even you know like even my last MMA fight like um you know I definitely am disappointed like uh uh from that but I think like it's just one of the things of like you know I want I I think I've earned my place to be a pro. Um, I just have to come in with the right mentality and come in with the um, you know with a good game plan and and you know do do the right things to come away with the victory. Mm. Yes, and so you just had your your pro debut. Uh, I guess it would have been two days ago, right? Saturday. Yeah. How did that go? Yeah, so th- you know what? Unfortunately, that also ended up in a loss. Um, and, it, you know, it was the same story. Uh, like, you know, controlling the fight, doing my thing. Um, I would say I was probably winning the majority of the fight. And then um, off the clinch, um, I have to watch it back. I haven't been able to watch it back yet. But um, I, um, he hit me in my right eye. Um, it felt legal. It felt like a punch. It didn't feel like a poke, but he hit me in my eye. And unfortunately I just wasn't able to recover. And then while trying to kind of like survive a little bit, um, cause I was backing up and like still on my feet, he hit me in my other eye. So unfor- I was really blinded mm. and I wasn't able to really do much. I tried to go for a home run triangle and stuff, maybe just like, sitting back and singing guard and trying to like collect myself, but I wasn't able to see. Um, and I still have a couple eye marks in my eyes actually at the end of it. Um, you know, but, 
unfortunately, a, a TKO loss. Um, but, you know, uh, doesn't take anything away from, you know, the journey. And it was a fun ride. For sure. For sure. Do you have any idea of when you'll get back in there? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty, I say I wanted to take a break. Um, like, but I, I ended up like after, like my, after my, um, oh, you know, that's actually interesting. So like, I, I forgot to mention this after my fight to Clay and I actually took another MMA fight, um, at, uh, in Peterborough and I ended up winning that one. Um, so that was, so that one, um, I said, I want to take a break after the loss to claim pie and I ended up winning against, uh, Nate Williams. So, you know, from that to, to that, um, was like a span of two months, you know, it was like very quick turnaround, but I said, I want to take a break. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I think in my mind, break means two months. Yeah. Um, so like, I never, I, you never know. I could be back in December. Um, or I could be back next year, December. Um, mm. but it's just kind of a gut feel. And, and that's kind of how I wanted to, how I want to approach it. Perfect, man. And, uh, where's your home base now? Where's your main training center? Uh, so mainly, um, what's it called? Let's see. So mainly I, I, what I do is I split between a couple gyms. So I'll make the trip to action in May, um, every once in a while, which is about a three hour drive. Um, but I'll also train in my hometown and there's a gym called Matador um, where I, uh, you know, practice uh, my jujitsu um, there. And, um, you know, currently working, currently working on moving from purple to brown. Uh, got purple belt right now. Going to make that jump to brown belt um, as soon as I can. And, uh, yeah, and then I also uh, train at Big Country when I get a chance. Um, and, uh, you know, because, like, Justin Condi uh, is somebody I have a lot of respect for. Um, and when I was training at Big Country regularly, he was my Muay Thai coach. So um, always looking, to, uh, you know, to, to pick his brain on stuff, too, as well. Mm, nice, man, nice. Now, there are a couple things that I, I, I did want to talk about in the professional MMA scene, not necessarily with you, but just in general, the first one is the fouls, right? Um, with regards to eye pokes and, and groin strikes especially, do you have any opinion mm-hmm. that they be scored more, um, I guess, harsher? Or do you like the way that they do it? Um, I just think there just needs to be more consistency with that. Um, I think, I think uh, a lot of times refs, um, like, you know, there's this idea of like, uh, if, as long as you're 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 not stupid about the way you go about it, there's this idea that like you can always hit somebody in the groin once. You yeah. can always eye poke somebody once, um, and it just feels like there isn't really a consistent like um, punishment for it to deter that kind of behavior. Um, you know, and I, I, I just think there just needs to be a little more consistency, um, you know, uh, but I think uh, for the most part, especially early in people's careers, people are honest. Like, I, I, I didn't feel like, like, for example, like, I, I, I feel like you can punch somebody to the eye and it's legal. Um, and and like there's like playing the game um, on that. But I think when it comes to, um, like, pokes the eye and groin strikes and fence grabs, um, we're not really, in our sport, we're not really deterring it enough um, consistently. So um, that's, just, that's just my opinion on it. For sure. I mean, I've been poked in the eye plenty of times, and I think it can have a, a monumental effect on the momentum of the fight. Right. Especially if it's, uh, you know, whether it's intentional or not, I like to think it's not right. Give the person the benefit of the doubt. But that's still an eye poke and you are supposed to control yourself at all times. Right. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I, I agree. hundred percent. Like, look, even even take a look at my example, like, you know, a legal punch to the eye completely changed the fight. 
You know, <laughs> like if you go back and watch my fight uh, in pro, um, you know, controlling the sound of the ring, making life frustrating, couldn't really enter on me. And all of a sudden, off the clinch, a legal punch to the eye, which I still have a mark from, by the way. Um, and I have to go see an optometrist before getting back in there. Completely changed everything about the fight. So imagine a and a finger going inside the eye socket. Yeah, it's oh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah like I mean, it, it's it's rough. It, it might come down to the scoring system because you know the the argument that I've heard from a couple different judges and refs are if you take a point away. You know, when it's a 10 point must scoring system, the best that that other person can do would be a 9 9 round, right? Which means well, it could also be a 9 8. It could be a 9 8. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it could. But I'm I'm saying, like, in terms of like if they won it, right? Uh Like, so, so I get, so I poke you in the eye, right? They take the point away, and now I win the round. Yeah, so yeah, I see what you mean. It could be a 9 8. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that's such a big difference. Whereas if they had something similar, and again, I don't know the numbers, but maybe like a 100-point scoring system, they would have a range of how, really how um, detrimental that eye poke looks like it could be. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Like, I, I do think the 10-point must system, too, is another, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is another uh, antiquated thing. Um, it was really built for boxing yes. and not really yeah. built for MMA. So that's another thing that we do have to take a look at as, as a people. Um, but we have it. It's our system. But here's the thing. Like, do we want to punish somebody or not? Like, you know, at some point, at some point you have to, you have to have the conviction to make a decision or not. Right. Mm. And if we are serious about deterring people from making eye pokes, you, you have to make that decision of do we punish people or not, right? And and that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, if we say it's illegal, if we want people to stop it, right, and we know people are playing the game, right, are we punishing them or not? And that's it. Like, there's there's no, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, no, yeah. I, get, I get you. I mean... It's you know like let's take the probably one of the most famous examples, John Jones, right? He is notorious for his mm-hmm. eye, right? And it's like exactly. you can't take away how great of a fighter he is, right? In my opinion, he's still the greatest of all time. But how many of those fights would have changed, even just a little bit, to maybe they look a little bit closer if he didn't poke some poke them in the eye? But, exactly. exactly. Uh, what do you think about the the live scoring system? Um. So a live scoring system, I don't mind it. I think it's just it's not like a priority of mine either way. Um. But I I, I can see an argument for it, and I don't. It's one of those things like I just don't care about it either way. Um. And I'm apathetic to it. Um. I think it would be great if it's there, but I don't. I don't mind our our close scoring system uh, the way it is. Okay. Okay. And uh, last, last kind of, I guess, rule question on the professionalism here of MMA. What, what about drug use, right? I know the major, major organizations, um, UFC, 1FC, some parts of Bellator, wink, wink, who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they do drug testing. How is it in Ontario? Is it is it um, very accurate and in-fight, out-fight drug testing? Or is there any drug testing? Should there be drug testing? What are your thoughts on um, that? So it, I'll, give you, I'll give you kind of like a thing. Like I, I, while I had to do a blood test, um, it was for, like, it was for, you know, diseases, HIV, whatever, and, like, the health of my blood, right? It was not for drug testing. I did not get drug tested one time um for my fight uh for my first fight um and i get why right you're fighting in the regional show yeah um there was four fights in the card and i was the main event you know it's not it drug testing costs money it's not cheap <laughs> and and because it's not cheap um 
you know, like it, it's going to very be very hard to institute in these regional shows. And that gives people license to, to come jack to the gills. Now, I am not accusing. I want to be very clear. I am not accusing anybody on the card that I was on. I am not accusing anybody on any other card <laughs> that they were juicing or not juicing or whatever. Yep. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But what I'm saying is if somebody wanted to, they could. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think personally for me, the morality of it is this. Um, I cannot look somebody in the eyes, right? You know, and have an agreed upon set of rules, right? That are written on paper and break those rules to win and then look them in the eye and say, I was the better, better man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. So morally, I think it's wrong. Um, but now, philosophically... Sorry to cut you off sorry, here. That, in that contract, does it say that, you know, you, you have agreed uh, that you aren't doing any illegal substances? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Okay, so it's just an honor thing then. Yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor thing. Um, you know, you, you write it on the contract. It says you can, you, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to do any substances. They're actually, and you know, in competition, they're very serious about like, you like, you, I, I like have vitamins that I buy from Walmart, like vitamin C, D, you know, the usual, like, yeah. um, I can't, I can't bring those vitamins in with me to the facility because if I do, they don't know what's in those vitamins, right? Got it. Um, so, like, to their credit, like, during the fight, they are very serious. But, um, you know, what's the, word, what's the word I'm looking for, though? Like, at a competition, um, even, like, day leading up to a competition, even at home before the, the day of the competition, nothing. There's no... Uh, <laughs> There's no drug testing. Mm. Um, now, philosophically, um, I, I will. I want to say this though. You know, if a fighter is training three times a day, and there's a substance that can help him recover, not necessarily perform better, but recover better, but it's banned. Is that? Are we really? Um, you know, are we really? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, is drug testing really doing what's supposed to do, which at the end of the day was keep a fighter safe? You know, like, mm-hmm. is it really doing that? If philosophically you're not even letting a fighter recover properly because they can't like, you know, they can't uh, for a long time. Yeah. For a long term, CBD was illegal, right? Yep. If, if, if we can't, if a fighter can't take CBD to recover, then are, are we really as a people, Doing what drug testing is intended to do, you know. No, I, I so but, I think the yeah. argument comes down to the fact that you know if it is deemed illegal, and I'm not doing it for the fact that I have it on my morality, and you say, well, it shouldn't be illegal, and that's what your morality says, right? Then there's two different moralities sitting there, and on top of that, I think the the biggest thing comes down to comes down to cutting weight. Right. I mean, you look yeah. at J. Dillashaw when he went down to he used, I think it was EPO to cut down to 125. There's no I mean, he almost he looked like he was going to die. Right. He looked terrible. Yeah. And now you see some of these fighters. And again, I'm not accusing anybody either, but some of these fighters that, that they come in and they especially the lower weight classes or the ones with the big jumps, the 170 to the 185 yeah. or, you know, the 185 to the 205s. And you're looking at these guys and you're going, you're making 185 or you're making 125 or you're making whatever the weight class is. And the guy looks like, or or the woman, you know, they look like a monster compared to that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like there are, they, I, I definitely agree there should be some form of drug testing. I, I definitely do agree that like morale, morally, drugs, drugs are bad, you know? But I think though, like, I think what I'm trying where I'm trying to get at is philosophically, why do we ban drugs? Right? Like mm. why do we ban drugs? Like that you know, why do we make drugs illegal in this country? Yeah. Like that is the philosophical question I'm trying to have here. Um, do we do it because we don't want people to be big and strong, or do we do it because we don't want the Eddie Guerreros, you know, I know we're, that's a wrestling discussion, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yep. We don't want the Crispin Waz where your, your heart craps out at 40, right? Yep. We don't want the rich pianos, right? Yep. Why are we banning these drugs? Um, 
you know, and, and I think if we can come to that discussion, I think we'll have a much more fruitful discussion on this topic than simply we don't want people to look like Paulo Costa. And again, I'm not accusing Paulo yep, Costa yep, yep. of doing drugs or not doing drugs, but we don't want people looking like Paulo Costa or Yo Romero. Yep. Um, I think that's I think that's when we get dangerous because like I want to look, I want to see and face people jack to the gills if it's safe for yeah. them to be jacked to the gills. You get, you get, what no, I get you. Like I, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, that, that I mean that's my conversation out of it, but are, are you a baseball fan? Yeah, yeah. Right? I think undoubtedly the the um most entertaining era was the juice to the gills era of baseball, wasn't it? When exactly. Barry Bonds is hitting seven home runs. <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. I, I think everybody yeah, no, I, who likes baseball would agree to that, right? You want to go see some guy mash, you know, seventeen home runs in a game. It's fun to watch. Yeah. No, I get it. Like and, and you know, we I, I mean who can forget Whamco, the Blue Jays and Whamco, and who can forget um uh the smash brothers too with uh conseco and mcguire yep. so you know it, it, uh, and and sosa as well so yeah no i i look i i'm i i um i guess my point i'm trying to say is is that like you know while i've never done it while i'm not educated on it i think there is a i think the discussion on it has not been very fruitful because the we're not having a, a complicated and nuanced and smart discussion on it. We are just kind of saying steroids bad and that's it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, philosophically for me, especially the way I approach like other topics in life, I think the worst thing you can do is just say X thing is bad. And I, and it's because I said so. And that's that. That's how, that's how mass incarceration happens. That's how false imprisonment happens. That's how um, lots of other things that should be happening in our world happens. And I think when it comes to this drug thing as well, it's, it's another one where I think let's just be educated on what we are doing before we make a decision. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, I do think drug testing should happen. I think drugs should be illegal in the sport. Where I'm trying to get at is where is the line? Yeah. Why is the line there? You know, that's that's it. For sure. Do you still have time? Can we keep talking? Uh, I have a couple minutes. Like, yeah, like I, I got to go back in about five minutes, but I, I have a couple minutes. To, okay, like, to Let's talk a little bit about your podcast then, right? It's called Leg Kick MMA, correct? Uh, correct. Walk us through what do you do and what's the podcast about? Yeah, so um, uh, me and um, a couple friends of mine, so um, my brother Jeremy, a uh, uh, friend of mine, Stefano from university and is also an MMA fighter, and a friend of mine, um, David, uh, we started a podcast called The Light Kick. Um, currently, we are on hiatus um, in terms of like live episodes, but we do have a couple topic episodes that we put out there, um, some feelers. Uh, that we we put out there just so that people know that while we are on hiatus, um, so that guys can pursue degrees and like guys are getting their masters and um, becoming lawyers and things like that. Um, but we let them know that like we still have content and we are coming back. So uh, w- we have a couple topic episodes like we had a top five and a main one. Um, we have a couple other ranked episodes. We have a best of episode. Um, and we have other past episodes that we encourage people to still watch, um, as well as a YouTube channel full of different other topics. Um, you know, and it's just more of a media, it's transformed from like a, a simple once a week podcast to kind of like a media and YouTube conglomerate kind of thing where, you know, we just explore different topics and different, uh, talking points in MMA. Man, I love it. I love it. Do you have an expected return or not yet? Um, I'm waiting for a couple, I'm waiting for those guys to get their degrees. Right. So like, I'm going to say in a year or two years time, um, you know, when those guys are done and they got some free time on their hands, we're going to get some live episodes back in there. But until then we're, um, you know, like we release, I, like I say, I release, uh, 
topics on like stuff all the time. Some people like them. Some people don't like some of the topics we get into. Um, but you know, we're just create conversations at the end of the day. I'm going to try and be as respectful as I can, but to the people that don't like them, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Three questions I ask every one of my guests. Can I ask them to you too? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. What three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Um, wow. Uh, I would say, um, perseverance. Um, so like not giving up, um, I would say empathy, you know, so having like being compassionate and be putting yourself in other people's shoes, um, to see where they're coming from. You know, you can get a lot more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Uh, and I would say the last quality is humility, right? Uh, so, you know, being humble and uh, being willing to learn because of your humility is always really good to have. Love that. Tough to pick only three, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it definitely is tough, but I think those are my three. I'm going to stay with those ones. I love them. If you could you know, turn back the time and go back in time. What is something that you would tell your younger self? Uh, um, you know what? I tell my younger self, it's okay not to be liked. Oh. It's okay not to be liked, right? Yeah. As long as you are true to yourself, it's okay not to be liked. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I feel that. Wow. All right. Last one for the day. What is something you do every day that you are proud of? Uh, well, you know what? I'm proud of being, um, uh, you know, I'm proud of being a good person. Like I'm, well, try to be, at least I try to do the right thing. You know, not everyone will, will, will agree that you're a good person or not, but I try to do the right thing. So I try to be a good boyfriend. I try to be a good brother. I try to be a good son. Um, you know, a good and just like a good person, a good friend overall. Dude, I love it, man. Oh, you know what? One more thing I wanted to ask because I think you posted this on your Instagram. Maybe I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I did want to touch on it. Um, you know, with you being black, how important is it to have the black role models in your life? And on top of that, especially in certain sports. Oh, it's huge. Like, um, I. I, I, yeah, no, it's huge. I, I think it's a really, 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 really important. Um, not just in sports, though. I, I think, um, uh, you know, that's almost kind of been like, I wouldn't say a detriment, but I think we shouldn't pick in our whole hold ourselves to sports or entertainment. I think there should be black role models everywhere that should be built up um, in everything. Uh, because unfortunately, like, you know, the world just really like North America just really, really hasn't recovered from systemic racism and from chattel slavery and, you know, segregation, like people think it has. Um, and there's a lot of studies and stuff that I can hit you over the head with. And I'm not going to do that because it's, you know, it's, it, it's a podcast on, on MMA. Uh, but I, I, because of that, I think um, one of the, weird individual effects is that it's kind of closed black people's minds while certain black people's minds to what they can do or what their potential is. So when having a black role model in anything, like having one person that you can look at and be like, that's somebody that we can look at. I think it's really important to have. Mm. Man, I'm going to have to have you on again to, to talk about that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep you in the future for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it. Who, uh, who, who are some, you know, black role models for you then just to kind of end off the discussion? Oh, uh, Anderson Silva is like my, my, my hero. Um, you know, also like yeah, big shout out to, uh, Cabral Richards too, uh, cabbie on the street. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I loved watching cabbie on the street. Uh, you know, let's see, Nathan Downer was, uh, you know, also a pretty good journalist for me back then. Um, you know, 
man, let's see. There, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, black role models. You know, even guys that you would know know about, like you know, like Mike Church, for example. There's a lot of like pastors I looked up to who were black or who were great people, and I really admired them as well. Um, you know, so like it doesn't have to necessarily be famous, but uh, it, it, there was just a lot. There was a lot, but I, I'm gonna say Anderson Silva was like the famous example for me. Man, I love it. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so on Instagram, you, or you can find me at my, at Michael Asifo. That's Michael and then A-S-I-F-F-O uh, on Instagram. Uh, you can find the Light Kick at the Light Kick MMA. And uh, yeah, oh, I also uh, secretly, I also made like an anime channel um, that like I'm going to keep in secret, but know that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> and like I post on it regularly too. I, I like uh talking about anime sometimes so yeah that's one there we go next one's uh black role models and anime podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah no I, I i love it we could definitely do that sweet man thanks for coming on um before i let you go any quick questions for me uh no this is this was fun thanks man awesome man look forward to having you on again and have a great day you too all right bye bye Thanks for listening, guys. Please don't forget to like and share this. I'm trying to get this to everybody, uh, any person that you know in Ontario, Canada, um, or anybody that you know comes to Ontario, Canada. I uh, I want to really highlight businesses and people who are in the area. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, like and share and comment, and I'll see you next time. Peace.